Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Dan here. I hope you're all keeping well. Just a little message before the episode begins. This episode is uh, basically Mark and I unraveling the film Half Nelson with Ryan Gosling. So I thought I'd do a little spoiler alert before the episode fully begins, as we are pretty uncensored with how much detail about the film we go and share um, our thoughts on. So, yeah, if you haven't seen the film, go watch it, then come back. We won't want to ruin the experience for you. It's a great film. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy the episode. This is probably Honest, uh, episode 10. Welcome to episode 10 of the Probably Honest podcast with me, Dan. And me, Mark. So, and you just missed Lydia as well. She's not here. She was here momentarily ago. Well, a little bit of update for everyone that's been like dedicatedly listening week in, week out. We got listeners, mate. We got consistent we got listeners. listeners. Yeah, okay. People tell me they listen. They might be lying. To the listeners. <laughs> Yeah, to those listeners. Yeah, it's, I've moved house. We've got a cleaner, better microphones. Mm. This this house is beautiful, by the way. I know I've said this already, but it is a beautiful house. We're very lucky. It's not mm. for long, but we'll enjoy it whilst we're here. But yeah, anyway, we've upgraded. It all sounds good. You know, clean. I'm clean for Dan's over clean. five years now. Congratulations, Dan. Thank you. Um, how, how long is? And also five years. So yeah. we missed both of those birthdays. I don't know. I think we've had mine since. We've definitely done one since 
that since I've turned five, because mine was February. And our, our last episode with Alex was after that, for sure. Okay, right. Well, whatever. Yeah. Happy birthday to both of us. Happy birthday to you, Dan. Happy well birthday. Done. A tremendous achievement. Thank you. And to you, too. Thank you. Uh, if you're listening for the first time and you're a bit confused and hopefully haven't turned off by now, <laughs> this isn't really what goes on. Mm. We, uh, we're two young-ish men in recovery from various addictions and bringing a new topic of discussion to each episode. We've had some guests so far. We've had some bloody good guests, yeah. Alex and Chloe. Shout out to the guests. Shout out to the guests. And they were well received, actually. Mm, They were probably alarmingly better received than we are. Yeah. (laughs) They came in with clarity, empowerment. Whipped. Wit? Wit. I know you said whipped. Whipped? Whipped. Wit. They came in whipped. (laughs) (laughs) No, they didn't. And yeah, people, we had most listeners was with Chloe. Mm. I haven't checked in on the Alex episode, but I feel like the the title of that episode might be more appealing. Which was uh, which one? Awake, Alex's one. Awakening from the vagina out. That was a good line, to be fair. Yeah, it was a good line. Was a good line I was yeah. tempted not to use that bit, but I thought that's too good. It was too good, yeah. We just try and talk about life being sober or being attached or not attached to people or eating disorders bending anything that you know you can get hooked on drugs main one the main one the key one for us probably. so uh yeah so we just talk about that and um hopefully people connect and relate and you know write to us on our email address i've forgotten um we'll we'll link to it it'll be a link i love when people say that we'll, we'll link to it link yeah we'll link to it i used to be really proud of the twitter page and kind of bothered now tweet us <laughs> tweet us we'll uh, link we'll link to it we've got a link yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway it's been a while we're a bit out of practice i don't you talk about i'm on fire pal <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on i haven't seen you properly in a while we talked well we were talking outside but we just mainly spoke about how work is going mm. but i want to know about what's going on what's gone on for me i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> okay great. i reckon i reckon i i can ask you how you are and then i think let's get into the topic of the podcast because what normally happens is the further we get into the podcast the more i start revealing what's actually happening for me okay or the more i start thinking about it yeah, yeah. But how are you? Yeah. yeah, good. I've been very stressed and finding things difficult financially, being a postgraduate student slash someone that was trying to get more hours at work and was rejected. And then they hired someone to do the same job as me and pay them more and offering them a proper job. And I'm like, oh, okay. I see how that is. And then, uh, so now shout got, out to Dan's employers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, that was difficult, but I've got a second job, uh, which is without giving too much anonymity away. Very fun. Yeah. I know what Dan's second job is. Yeah. It's kind of like, this is how I described it to my therapist earlier. Hmm. 
I would ideally not like to be working in hospitality. I would like to be on the career ladder. Mm. But if there was one more job I'd like to do before I fully knuckle in and start my career, mm. this would be it. Yeah. And if you're thinking right now, hospitality equals stripper. <laughs> You'd be right. You, <laughs> you might be right. Stripper. Depends how much they're tipping me. Yeah. Dan is now a stripper. Yeah. It's <laughs> just how it is. By day and by night. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we'll see how long that, that goes on for. It's pretty good. Uh, again, being quite cryptic, but I'm meeting lots of very nerdy people. And, uh, stripper. <laughs> and uh, it's good. It's, it's allowing me to be in touch with that kind of now we've, now we've said i really fucked this for you now because you can't say what it is and now some people will think this is a stripper i'm stripping for I'm not, I'm not stripping well let's look at the clues here nerds always got very good jobs so a lot of disposable cash not a lot of social skills stripper okay all right I'm strip club. yeah i'm i'm stripping Dan's dan is the stripper dan the stripper yeah so yeah strip dan yeah i'm doing a bit of stripping uh, studying, <laughs> studying, stripping, and and working in office-related marketing work. Um, <laughs> That's his stripper persona. <laughs> my stripper name, Office Dan. Is, my stripper name is marketing work. <laughs> it's very a bit, it's a bit niche, but um, yeah. And well, living with lids, it's very peaceful and chill. Mm. Don't really get on each other's nerves. So that's quite cool mm. yet mm. until i come back you're a nice couple to be around that's good yeah i like i like being around you two as a couple there's there are some couples i do not like being around really it's, well some nah, that's probably yeah it's a bit of exaggeration actually but most couples i like being around there are some where you know it's just like sometimes there's just like an uncomfortable vibe with certain couples when you're around them particularly if you're in their living space there's like a bit of a but um you two i don't feel that that's good. I'll pass on the pass on the good news. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I'm sorry uh, to hear you've been stressed though. That's not very nice. Well, it's just, it's just. I've always had an unhealthy relationship with finances, and I've never quite been in a job where I'm. I've had one job where I was like quite comfortable financially, hmm. but for the last few years, I've been like trying to not just get a job that pays the bills and actually kind of essentially. M- do something that I'm quite proud of. And as a result, I've been broke for like many <laughs> years. And that has led to a lot of stress. And then throw in a recession. Yeah, it's just very difficult. Follow your dreams, kids. Follow your dreams. <laughs> That's it. Do what makes you happy until it doesn't. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to like knuckle in and get... Um, do you want me to pray for you? Pray, yeah. You do a prayer for me. Don't need to pray for your financial provision. Yeah. Because it's odd because, you know, you know I'm a Christian and you know that I, I believe in prayer and you haven't asked me to pray for you for, for money, for financial provision. Well, do you want to pray for me? What, you want me to pray right now? I thought you just, I just meant okay. privately. Well, you can do privately. I'll, pri- I'll pray for you privately because that's what I do on my praying. Okay. Uh, but I've got, I, I run through people in the morning. I pray for lots of people. I pray for a couple of people. But not in a Christian way. Yeah. More of a but, satanic way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my, my God does miracles. <laughs> so 
Mine causes endless torture and pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or alternatively, if there are any rich listeners listening and you want to throw a man a bone, Dan will leave his bank details. Dan will link to his bank details after the after the podcast. You don't have to do that. Actually, if you are happen to be like stinking rich and uh, really seem to enjoy what we do, um, we don't get paid for this. So you know, if you fancy donating us some money, hit me up. Yeah, hit Dan up, and we can start making this a real thing. Mm. Which at the moment we're so half assed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to summarize. Yeah, I'm all right. Bit stressed. Bit stressed. Money's tight. Money's tight. Working yeah. two jobs. Oh, stripping. I've been smoking again. No, really. Yeah. When I don't even I don't even know if I've seen you smoke. When did when did you stop smoking? I think you would have met me when I was vaping. Really, I I seem to remember you. Yeah, I, I remember a vape maybe. Yeah. Just to confirm, I Dan is most almost certainly talking about cigarettes and not crack. <laughs> no. Or weed or, or weed. anything like that. Or DMT, unfortunately. Or, or anything, any other nefarious thing that you smoke. Basically. Yeah, just cigarettes. Just those guys. That's annoying. How do you feel about that? You know, I don't actually mind. Oh, it's not okay. it's not that it's not that rig it's like okay. It's like one every other day. So it's not like smoking. Mm. But it doesn't it's not it's not good for me. <laughs> no, it's certainly not good for you. I've yeah. Can confirm. I believe it's been proven that it's not good for you smoking. Yeah, I think it it's just well, they're just annoying, aren't they? They they just seem to relieve stress in a really unhealthy way. Mm. And it's annoying. And it seems to go against all these years of meditation practice. But I don't know. I'm not beating myself up. I'll stop. I think that's what's I feel like I've I've got enough willpower within me mm. to be like, right, I don't I'm gonna stop doing that now. Would you like to introduce the topic of today's podcast? Yes. I might cut all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so today we are talking about Mark came up with the idea of of this potential series or just a, the occasional episode of looking at films that are like addiction films or drug drug addiction yeah, films or TV series. TV or, series. I guess any kind of artistic endeavor that we we think talks about addiction could be a book. Yeah, exactly. So artistic creation that is depicting addiction in a certain way and we uh in read it watch it or listen to it and give our thoughts as highly regarded art critics hmm. or just like you know just a couple of guys just a couple of guys a couple of guys stripper stripper and financial a, services professional and a, final, and a financial and a finance man yeah what we did not know at the time before watching this film that we're about to unveil was that Mark and I are both film nerds. We are massive film nerds. But we yeah. didn't know this. Yeah. I, we've, we've never really talked about films together. Really. No, not really. Yeah. I didn't know what you're into. No. <laughs> <laughs> People are always are quite weirded out by my, by my extensive film knowledge. People, get, people find it strange that I... Because I was very obsessed with films as a young man. Oh, very yeah. obsessed. So we watched the film Half Nelson starring Ryan Gosling. Who we will 100% get on the podcast one day. Yeah. It's, Ryan, if, you, if you're listening. Ryan. <laughs> Such an acute... Ryan. Ryan. 
if you're listening, you know what would be really cool? Sorry, just a segue. Because of this new equipment I've got, you can Bluetooth in phones. You can just you know, Bluetooth. call them up. Call them. Call Yo, is that Ryan. Ryan. Ryan G? <laughs> call Ryan. Ryan. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we watched Half Nelson, who we both watched the film many, many years ago in our, well, I watched it. Do you want to describe the plot of Half Nelson? For yeah. Seen it. Half Nelson is, I'm probably going to do this in a disservice. I'm not very good at describing I'll, it. I'll help you out. So Half Nelson, 2006, maybe? I think we, yeah, I think we discerned it was 2006, 2007. 2006. Yeah. Film about a public school in America history teacher. This is the actual plot who gets caught smoking crack one day by one of his students and then develops this kind of weird friendship. And it's all about that friendship forming and then the life that they surround themselves in and the society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not much else to it other than that. No, it's just looking at that the relationship and how that changes and grows and also kind of how his addiction progresses as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a kind of like nothing story, but also a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just looking over my, so while we were doing that, which I think initially amused Dan and it was Lydia watching it with us. I think she had portions with it. Amused them that I was making notes Mm. Uh, and I made a lot of notes while we were watching this film for stuff to talk about and reading some of them back was fucking hilarious because I don't know what I was referring to when I wrote some of these notes. Well, I think I mostly know what they are, but there's, there's some in there which I have no idea what I'm referring to. But I will, <laughs> we can work through them and we'll, uh, we, can, we can talk about them. What do you think of this film, first of all? I like the film a lot. I, I, I always loved it when I, was, when I first watched it. And... Uh, and I still liked it a lot now. Uh, I quite like films that have very little beginning, middle and end and just seem to be this, this kind of life. Well, more like, like a character-driven film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, what's they, what are they called? Character studies. Character studies, those ones. Yeah, so I like those kind of more sometimes because, I don't know, you just kind of sink into this world that the people are living in and when it ends, it's kind of like, oh... Mm. I could have carried on there for a while. I like it because uh, it's quite funny seeing uh, how Ryan Gosling was in it compared to what he's doing now. Yeah, where he's yeah. his bodybuilder and yeah, yeah, but you know Barbie and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. then back then he's playing this kind of very intricate, layered but subtle character. And then the connection between two unlikely to bond. Uh, personalities you know that isn't inappropriate i mean it is weirdly inappropriate but not inappropriate like yeah. the fact that he's become friends with his student who's yeah. very young and he's a, a grown man yeah when the story that kind of is there develops it's yeah. essentially this student is in like a pretty messed up little world of her own she's she's getting involved in selling drugs yeah uh, her brother's in prison her brother's friend is like the neighborhood drug dealer played by Anthony Mackie. And she's kind of getting involved with him whilst this kind of relationship with Ryan Gosling. I was just thinking as you were saying that, isn't it weird how, because it is an inappropriate relationship, isn't it? But I, I didn't think, and I've never thought until you said it then, there's not even a hint of inappropriate kind of like, um, like automatically when you think teacher-student relationship, you think pedophile. 
or like or yeah. some kind of sexual there's nothing there's nothing like that in the film is there no but and and also there's no suspicion of it either well, I, well, well the uh the friend does the friend does say you know there is a moment when he's like the the the, the neighborhood drug dealer is like uh the neighborhood drug the neighborhood drug dealer, drug dealer. What, that we have now coined yeah. can't remember his name neighborhood drug dealer yeah he, he is like you know what's what's your game here? He, yeah. he is a bit like, why are you hanging out with? Yeah, you know my my my, my drug, drug mule, <laughs> my drug mule. But um, yeah, that's uh, yeah. So there there wasn't really. Yeah, it's there's, there's such like such a platonic edge there. Like because the 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 impression you get from Ryan Gosling, which I really loved, and I guess we'll probably we'll talk a bit more now. I guess about the depiction of addiction. But the thing I really liked about Ryan Gosling because. I don't know about you, but I genuinely felt like this. There's, he's depicted as being so well, well-intentioned. Like he is, he's not, he is certainly not a bad person. Like he has, he really cares and he's passionate about his teaching and he's, seems like he's got a strong moral compass and he just, and you know, but then on the other side of it, he's kind of uh, blighted at every turn by, by the addiction that he's suffering from. Yeah, he's very likable. Super likable, isn't he? Like, the, like he's depicted as this wonderful teacher, like really dynamic. The kids love him, all that kind of stuff. But I think that's like the whole—I don't know if it's the intention, but the whole point of—I don't think it's like a pro addict. Film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're trying yeah. to be like, oh, you know, these are good people. Mm. Like, I'm not saying that addicts aren't good people or bad, you know, good or bad. But I think there's such a a message in it that could be taken away Mm. potentially, which is saying like people think that homeless people on the street, drug addicts are like not even people homeless, a scum of the earth. Yeah. You know, fuck them off. Mm. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And this film says, look how likable this guy is. Look how, how much he cares about Mm. setting a good example. Mm. And it just so happens that he's got this, side to him that he can't seem to escape yeah you know his ex-girlfriend likes hanging out with him yeah yeah yeah. i thought that was very like delicately done well that was i was reading that bit and then i some i found something in the notes where oh yeah i wrote ex-girlfriend mentions the program because she 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 alludes to recovery doesn't it because his his ex-girlfriend who they allude to the fact that they use together and then she says something about the program, but then I've written underneath that big asshole baby, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I think is a line in the film, but I have no recollection why that line is in the film. I think they're sat on the bench chatting. Yeah. And she calls him that. Really? Or he says that about himself. Maybe, maybe it was about himself and maybe for whatever reason I, I wanted to identify with that. Big asshole baby. Big asshole baby. <laughs> Do I, the first, the first thing I noticed about watching when we were watching the film, and I've written it in the notes again, was that I remember for the first time I watched it, I hadn't really done that many drugs when the first time I watched it. I was like fifteen, sixteen, and I'd started dabbling, but I hadn't really done that many drugs. But I remember thinking so badly that I wanted to be like him. Like yeah. there was something so attractive about that, like that fuck up character of like being this uh guy with a secret life i just i yeah i just remember thinking i want to be like this 
and then watching watching it then 15 years later looking at and like being able to identify with some of the moments that I couldn't possibly have identified with when I was that age and like mm. all the bits I missed and like like because it was a much sadder watch in hindsight than when I was a kid if that makes sense I don't know how you yeah, felt it, about it. I found it quite moving and touching and I found it less less sad for me maybe because I've watched it so many times yeah because it's one of my favorite films mm. um I guess the sadness for me was like discovering the nuances of it. I didn't write down any of my own notes, hmm. but you probably wrote down some stuff that I said out loud. I don't know. But I thought I, I, I unraveled how I, I thought it was quite clever the way that they put it together in terms of things like this, is, this doesn't answer your question at all, but uh, <laughs> things such as when there's a moment of tension about to happen, it's just built up without like without cinematic you know or any music at all it's like the noise around them becomes like more traffic yeah more yeah I, rem- I remember you mentioned that yeah there's not music being used in the film that much is there yeah and they just built tension just via yeah background noises building up and then someone will say something that's like the icebreaker like the should probably, probably put a spoiler alert at the beginning i was just i was literally thinking i said <laughs> spoiler alert if you're listening to this, we're going to talk about the whole film. So if you haven't watched it, go away and watch it and come back and listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So far, Do that immediately now. Pause. Go watch it and then come straight back to us. Yes. You're not doing anything that important. Do it no. now. <laughs> we know if you're, if you're listening to this, you're not doing anything that important. If you're working, they won't know that you're watching a film. Anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah, there, there's like the moment when oh, i forgot her name do you know the character the young the young girl's character i know the actress's name is sharika epps sharika we'll go with sharika there we are that's arbitrary knowledge that i have yeah oh uh dre her name's dre, dre. Ms. Ms. dre. Yeah. where are you going Ms. dre yeah that was okay. my anthony mackie impression <laughs> shout out to anthony mackie get on the podcast we'll get him on we'll get him on dre asks ryan's i forgot his name as well mr addict Mr. Uh, addict yeah yeah she asks him what it's like when he does that stuff talk about crack crack and before she asks that there's lots of noise going on i think they're in the car maybe no they're in the kitchen aren't they oh, they're in the kitchen i think they're in the kitchen yeah. or maybe they're in the car i can't remember i can't remember yeah. one of those scenes that uh, yeah they're there yeah well the sounds stop everything yeah. stops she asks the question and yeah and then but then she apologizes doesn't she because he doesn't answer yeah he just kind of like does that whole Ryan Gosling like smiley look away thing, look back, kind of laughs a bit uncomfortably. I think it gets very serious then. Yeah, it's quite interesting that like he take it's the personal question. Yeah, I just I think that he he I I think that's a good example of like a kid asking a question, not realizing how inappropriate it is for him to start describing the sensation of crack to a young yeah. child because she is a child yeah and whatever he says might encourage her to take it obviously she's curious she's like everyone's taking this so i guess he's kind of almost like i don't want to say what this is like for me because i don't know how she's going to take that ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And it's questions like that that hit hard as well. Mm. Um, not that I've experienced anything like that, mm. but I don't know, maybe. Like, I think I remember my sister when I was maybe a teenager or something. I, would, I remember vividly, uh, there was a period of time when my sister, I got arrested and my sister found out. Well, my sister was the nominated come and collect me you actually spoke about this in the first episode of the podcast yeah uh good memory Mm. and within post like post that event happening uh you know when when i railed off all the drugs i was taking there had been like another conversation or something Mm. i think maybe i maybe in sobriety she's like i don't even know you know i'll be speaking about like ketamine for example i don't even know what what that is, what mm. that does, like what you know, she's essentially asking a similar question to what Dre was asking, mm. and it, but it's different because I was like, well, I'm sober now, so I can talk about it. But like, mm. yeah, just describing to someone who's never ever going to touch that, I don't know. It feels personal when that happens. Yeah, when yeah. when it's like, I don't know, I don't know, where, I I don't know why I find it such an, a peculiar topic mm. of of that because it's like if someone asks, oh, what smoking a cigarette, like you're like, oh. If someone asks what taking a drug, which someone's voluntarily putting into their body, mm. uh, some might say involuntarily, which is true as well sometimes. Mm. And it's like, why does that become an inappropriate question? But I get, I get the in the film context is different anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, that 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 was like an emotional moment in the film. Definitely watching that and then like waves of memory, mm. um, and it is a personal thing as well. And and I and I remember being. I'm going off on one, but I remember working in a pub and there was a guy there that used to, was a regular there and he was always coked up. Mm. And I remember bumping into him once at a pub and it was just me and him having a drink. And I was, this was in the midst of me being an addict. And I said, hey, where, you know, do you know where I could get some cocaine? Cocaine? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, yeah. I think that's what I asked him. I can't remember what I actually asked, but I was quite subtle about it. And he got offended. Yeah. Like he got very upset. Yeah. And he was like, uh, wonder why. Maybe he thought I was only talking to him so he can get some coke. Or maybe or, or he maybe he's trying to mock you, occupy the moral high ground of I've had I had that with people who'd be like, Oh, I'm not telling you where to get drugs or I'm not I'm not being the person that gets you pills on when I was when I was like sixteen, seventeen. Mm. Because I was forever tapping up people I knew who who used and they were like, Oh, I'm not getting you that. I'm not getting you this you're too young or you're too like, like there's almost like a, uh, a sense of responsibility or embarrassment maybe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that was it. 
That makes sense. I was always like, everyone join me. Come, yeah, come, yeah. come, you know, party and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting moment in the film, definitely. And uh, I liked also connecting with the question again, more of like, was it hard to watch this time around or like mm. more emotionally connecting? Him going on the date. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's a bit where he runs off to the toilet, maybe. There's a moment, I, th- I feel like there's either a pre-date or act during the day, he might taken, yeah, I've gotten more I high. Think, I think he he does, yeah. He I think he uses during the day. So for for the benefit of the listeners who haven't seen the film, he asks out another teacher on a date. And is that the senior home? Yes. Yeah. So he asks out another teacher, and she comes around for dinner at his place. Yeah, and then well, there's two there's two bits as well. Mm. There's that there's the actual date, mm. and then there's the bit that was the the hardest to watch. But we're talking about what do you mean? What's the bit that was hardest? Like turns up to her house. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that yeah. bit, and then and there's this bit which we're talking about, which is like yeah, yeah, actual yeah. date. Yeah. So they he turns she comes around for a date, and then it's actually a really lovely date, isn't it? They get on really really well. Yeah. Then he goes debate. to the bath. Yeah, he goes to the bathroom, does some does some blow comes out and then has sex with her. Oh, so he does go off to the bathroom. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I think yeah, there's, there's a moment he comes out of the bathroom, has sex and then goes straight, then he goes straight into have sex when he comes out of the bathroom. Yeah. Which I think is kind of like buoyed by the cocaine or whatever. Right. But then John, the thing I remember about that the most is, and I'd forgotten, is that he's an absolute twat to her the following day. Like, oh, yeah. Because he, like, I think, does he make her breakfast, something like that? And he's like smoking by the window. And he's an app. I, I think I remember us talking about that when we were watching it and being like, how many times I was a prick to people when I was on a come down or when I was struggling or whatever. Yeah. But he's just really obnoxious to her. Um, it's like, yeah, I had a good time. <laughs> he doesn't say it like that, but yeah, yeah I had a good time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it's just kind of like, and she right. leaves and she kind of gets the vibe and goes, time for you to go now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, um, I think that's well depicted. Yeah. But again, the whole thing in that film is like everything's very subtle. Yeah. Where in like other, you know, in like a Hollywood romance film, mm. they'll, the the guy being a guy or girl being an arsehole the next day is like way more obvious. But this yeah, is yeah. like if you miss, if you get distracted for a moment, you would have missed him being a dick. There's like a, a quietness. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the not the music again, isn't there? Yeah. Like in that scene, there's no like music to denote the fact that she's upset and she doesn't storm out to some indie band playing in the background that gets louder to kind of play on the emotions. Yeah. It's just like she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. I get the vibe. Yeah. I'm going, and it, it's uncomfortable to watch though. I think it's made more uncomfortable by the fact that there's no music or anything being played. If you think about it, if mm. I'm going to be all poetic about this shit, go on. In. Might as well. When for me, in my life, the noisiness of the film could mm. be depicted as like having a busy brain, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Mm. When a serious moment happens, suddenly all the busyness, mm. uh, someone asks a serious question mm. or so you fall out of someone or something happens, some news, all the busyness of the world just seems to be distilled into one moment. 
Mm. Suddenly, suddenly mindfulness kicks in in a weird way, and that's kind of like what happens in the film. Is like all this background noise gets distilled into like this one scene, which will be mm. let's pay attention to this, and it's kind of like I feel like that was what the effect of day to day life is really. It's like no matter what's going on, if something is is dramatic, definitely for me anyway. It's like when there's a crisis, your your mind is focused by that crisis. Oh yeah, that's like Eckhart Tolle talks about that, doesn't he? When you're when you're in an emergency situation, there is no problem. There's just the situation you're in it, and you you have to act. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. I think you're right. I think that's depicted really well in the film where they have like when those moments of seriousness are happening, it goes silent, and there is a real focus on it, and you can tell the characters are very like suddenly mm. come into it. Yeah. So just kind of carrying on that that kind of connection with the two like potential romance crowing and i still again i like the fact that this film doesn't really try to paint any glory picture to it's not like an addict falling in love suddenly he changes his ways his whole life becomes different he turns around romantic comedy yeah they all just stand romance film and they go off into the sunset. It was yeah. like very how it might be. Go on a date. It's all sunshine and roses when he's high. Yeah. And then the next day he's not. Mm. And he's miserable and he treats her like shit. And she did nothing wrong. And mm. um, he probably felt very guilty about that. And then it escalates even more when later on he's just gone a little bit further into his addiction more mm. so. But again, not by much. Like mm. The whole film, there's nothing really that escalates much beyond yeah. the fact that he's just an addict. And uh, then he turns up to our house um, in that quite nasty scene. Like, he tries to force himself on it. Which again was a scene that I forgot happened in the film. Yeah, so did I. Didn't, I. I didn't remember that, that scene. But yeah, you know, that's, that's like a difficult thing to watch where he's like, he's turned up, he's fucked. And she's kind of she's kind of okay with it for a bit. And then she's just like... He, he's just too forceful and horrible and drunk and pissed. And she's like, no, 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 no. And then eventually she punches him. Yeah. And then which hides he in the bathroom, which he deserved. And then hides in the bathroom. And then he kind of like has a really pathetic speech outside the bathroom and then leaves. And that's, you know, again, that's just like a really sad thing. Like you know, I, I've never found myself in a situation like that, but I remember as that scene was happening, I was kind of identifying with it in all like times where I'd pathetically misjudged a situation or, and just like felt so humiliated or embarrassed. And after I remember like I call, I remember when I was high once when I was like 18 and I was seeing a girl and she was like, uh, we'd been on a night out and then she'd gone back to stay with her friends and I'd gone back to my, my family home and I was high as a kite. And, um, and I remember ringing her while she was with all her mates and I just remember just having no, as soon as she answered the phone, I was like, I had no reason to call. I was just no, no like, I just wanted to talk to, in my, in my, in my kind of like ecstasy brain at the time, I was like, yeah, I just want to like say how much I really care about it, how much I enjoyed the evening and stuff. And like when I called her, you know, when you're like a high person talks to someone who's not high and you're like, oh no, I'm a twat. And I remember waking up the following day and that's obviously, you know, not really like the scene, but it just reminded me of that, like the embarrassment, the humiliation you experience after a situation like that just yeah just ridiculous i don't know it's just, it's just like i i connect with the fact that this incident happened that is almost 
you know, he should be ashamed of, he should mm. be looking at and feel guilty of. Mm. But again, this is just a classic part of addiction with drugs and alcohol. Behave a certain way. Instead of taking responsibility and doing some work around it, he just used it to carry on, like yeah. to carry on using, yeah. rather than trying to sort it out, apologize. Mm. It's such a like dryness to the film. Yeah. Again, yeah. there's no over the top drama. It's like he behaved that way. Yeah. And it just continues, it just yeah. carries on. And it, 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 I think the film depicts addiction very well, personally. Mm. You know, I've seen other. I th- it's it's bizarre, actually. I think a lot of drug films. Mm. There are some that are slightly more over the top than others, depending on like what the drug is. But I think mm. some are like they seem te- seem to kind of be quite like let's be quite accurate about this. Apart from maybe fear and loathing, mm. which is just a drug trip in itself. Mm. But addiction films tend to be quite believable. Uh, I don't know some of them are sometimes I'm like because they have to fit to a certain narrative which is what I love about this one it doesn't fit to the classic narrative of you know you, you meet this guy things are kind of good and then it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and then they have a rock bottom and then they get out of it and then there's kind of hope at the end and it's like didn't fit that narrative because right. there's no there's no easy resolution to the film oh yeah um, I guess there's no it's not like because like, like you said it kind of depicts just the life of being an addiction and it has ups and it has downs and it has ups and it has downs and he has like these horrendous moments but then it's kind of back to normal and then he has more horrendous moments and it's kind of back to normal and mm. it doesn't get worse or better no um i haven't watched enough addiction films recently uh, maybe newer ones i'm not sure about things like euphoria mm. but in my memory things like basketball diaries and so on they all seem to Kind of just get worse and worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With sometimes not really any resolution. We're talk, talking about the depiction of addiction in the film. That like the thing, I think the scene I found the most moving and the most believable was, you know, the scene where he goes to a bar and he picks up, he picks up another woman who's also a using drug addict at the bar. And they, you know, they go to that motel oh, yeah. and they're using together, just him and her. And he's like, he's ranting about like political stuff. And then he's talking about how he used to be fucked up. Oh, and yeah. then, and then he literally like in between that does a line and comes out of it. It's like, you know, I get high every now and again, but I can handle it and all this kind of stuff. And the woman doesn't speak in the situation. You, you kind of cut to, they cut to her a few times and she doesn't speak. And then they kind of cut and they're dancing together re- in this really kind of like sad montage then it kind of, and that's just like what, just just like an episodic moment of the film. But that, I think that I found that the most moving scene. Cause like, can you think of how many times you had those like transient experiences with another using, with another using addict? Yeah. Where like, I can, I can have vivid memories of people who I had just a one, one night, I don't mean like a one night stand. I mean, just like a single night relationship with like guys, women, yeah, a using experience. Yeah, a using yeah. experience where I've I've met like a kindred spirit in my using. I identified the addict in them, they identified the addict in me, and we use together. And it's this weird kind of intimacy that you have with these people. Where what like the the the, the time I I told you a few times about where I where I ended up smoking crack in Camden with this couple, there was like this weird connection that I felt to them, this weird kind of intimacy. Yeah. 
that you know I've I've never ever been homeless. I've never been close to being homeless. The woman was telling me stories about how her kid had been taken off her, and the guy was telling me about how I've been st- and like all this kind of stuff. And yet we were kind of the same. Like there was this yeah. kind of there was this, and I felt really comfortable with them as well. Like really comfortable. Well, it's like very similar to probably told the story on this or with just in meetings when I got. I used to get like stranded in London a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I yeah, befriended yeah. like a Polish man. I remember you saying, "Was this by London Eye?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we sat there, just us, us two, looking at the London Eye. No one else around us, smoking cigarettes. It was mm. a twenty-four hour, so we were safe with the twenty-four hours and cigarettes. And yeah. he had some speed or something like that. And yeah, that night shared our stories. What what my dreams are for the future. Yeah, what he's yeah. you know what he's doing. Like, and we're the same in that moment. And then it's like, oh, the trains are back. Okay, see ya. Like we yeah, didn't exchange yeah. numbers. Yeah. Or if we did, like I didn't say. I don't. I will never know his name. And that, and you know, these incidents have happened a lot. It's not just someone you're taking drugs with, but someone you're using. Yeah. There's a difference between someone that does it quite casually and people that you use with. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I used to hang out as a 17 year old with people in their like, early 20s, and they thought it was weird at first until the using happened and yeah. then we're all just addicts um, yeah because you you want in those situations where you are where you are using drugs in an addictive way the thing you want the most is someone else who's using drugs in an addictive way with you and that's what i wanted i wanted someone who used like me yeah and i would surround myself with people who used like me as much as i possibly could but every now and again there was like oh, just the anonymity of meeting someone who you didn't know, but just near, yeah, I just such a weird situation. But yeah, to like to tie it back to the film, that was I. I thought that was the most moving scene. That and the scene later on, where Ms. Ms. Dre delivers drugs into the motel room, where he is using with a load of other crackers, yeah. and she ca- and she sees him in the bathroom, and he's sat by the door frame, and he just kind of looks up at her, and. They exchange drugs and money, and it's just like that's heartbreaking. I actually remember we watched this in like mid afternoon, and I walked back from where we are now, and I remember feeling super emotional mm. about yeah, just because there's so many moments in that film that is a, a properly like really emotive, really really emotive. Yeah, and it brings up a lot. You know, there's so many weird incidences in my life where not quite like that dynamic. But as my addiction evolves, if you're getting the better of something, mm. you're not going to descend. You're not going to. St- you're not going to get out of a drug habit and then start selling drugs. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like it's a it's a it's a progression. Mm. So I remember, you know, I I might meet people at a party as a teenager, have a night out where you're like, "Way nice to meet you," blah blah blah. Yeah, and then like you know, a few months later, I'm. Give, they're given me they're given my number through somebody as a shotter you yeah, know yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm meeting them in a car park and i'm selling stuff to them like mm. that progression you know there's the small talk whereas i met them initially and we we're like oh we could you know that could be a friendship forming yeah, yeah and then yeah. eventually through time it evolved into like i'm going to talk to you for a bit but you're going to give me the, the money and, and then fuck off yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um yeah, so difficult, but um, you know, I think that I feel like not quite the same as the, what the, what happens in the film, but mm. yeah, it, 
just looking back, like, it's definitely really, like, in a sensitive experience watching that film. Mm. And I think, you know, it's one of many that I think is very accurate to when you go into recovery. It's like, yeah, look for yeah, the similarities yeah. and yeah. the differences. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities in the film. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're not history teachers. We're not in America. You know, I never had a crack habit. But there's like a lot of the, the behaviours, yeah, yeah, yeah. the situations, the full circles of things, the going round and round and nothing really. You know, things get worse, things get better again. But better yeah. in, the, in the sense of like, not... Nothing terrible is happening at that Nothing terrible time. is happening. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I really identify with it, although I'm not a school teacher, that they're trying to sustain... A, like a career a job a life and the using i really identified with that because that that is for the last couple of years my using that's how it felt like i was trying to hold this thing together this work thing together and then also maintain this secret life as well and the, and they just kind of erupted into each other towards the end but i really identified with that aspect of like trying to hold on to this normal life routine and just having it just infringed on by this other crazy aspect of my my life. Well done, Half Nelson. Well done. Bravo, Half Nelson. <laughs> um, Bravo. I think it's it's like it's cool. I think you're right though. I think in terms of similarities for probably from stories we hear in recovery, it's probably the one of the most accurate films i've seen in terms of because people live with drug addictions for a long time oh yeah like a long time and there's no quick resolution to it and yeah and and that tends to be the pattern of it like things get worse and get better a bit because it's not wall-to-wall shit it isn't there's no set template for who an addict is really you know i'm surrounded by people that are in the music world Mm. And, you know, a friend of ours has come into his addictions and, and being revolved around music. That's quite quite a cliche thing that people be like, oh, I can't can't give this up. It's part of the you know, it's part of the part of the industry. It's part of the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then also that applies to like definitely like the finance world, the 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 marketing world, mm. like the weight, you know, hospitality. Like every industry seems to. <laughs> have its excuse for having a drug habit but yeah living like the normal life whilst hiding the thing is i was always you know i stopped when i was 20 20 properly when i was 21 brother thanks i didn't really have many jobs in that time a lot of it was djing or being a student so i had an excuse to really... student isn't a job yeah it's not a bit it's not a job i know <laughs> fucking students man so like I wasn't working back for doing anything but What's when it? I did have a job when I had a job for a little amount of time whilst being a student and messing mm. about I remember I would you know go off to work be sleep deprived mm. trying to just keep a straight face do the job okay being a sweaty mess people being like oh my something wrong with you mm. you know excited if i was allowed to have one beer on shift get home and then instead of going to bed at like one or two a.m mm. it's oh maybe i'll just have a little i'll have a little dabble mm. i'll have a little bit of this usually get men 
and uh, I'll be like, this will help me get to sleep, but it mm. never did. And then, and then like, wait, being awake until three or four, waking up at like seven or eight, going off to work again and feeling pale. Sometimes I would take a bit beforehand and I'd mm. be like pale, look, looking a bit ill. And that would be my excuse to like try and go home. And then it would wear off and then I'd be yeah, fine. Yeah. But yeah, like, that was, I was only there for a few months, this job whilst I was a student. Mm. And it was, yeah. What, you tell me they didn't employ you long term based on that performance? No, I left. <laughs> I, my excuse for leaving. Oh, was, they wanted to keep you. They wanted to retain you. Yeah. Wow. Well, they were like, whatever. They were like, <laughs> you know, he's learning. But I just said, oh, studies are too intense. Oh. So I won't be returning. Which was a lie. I just wanted to party. Just wanted to party more. Yeah. Or by party, I mean, I was selling drugs. So I was like, this will be my income. Mm. But I didn't reload once. So I just took them all. Terrible drug dealer. So that's my relation to trying to live a normal life is two months of a job and then just selling drugs and not yeah. making any money from it. Yeah. That feels like, it feels like fucking purgatory though. When you're in that place. That you know that that you just described with like going to work, coming home, using not not kind of not wanting to use and using and then getting out feeling fucked and then going and in that cycle for ages. Yeah, and that it feels like purgatorial. And I think again, it kind of depicts that in this film. It's like he's kind of stuck in this purgatory of wanting to. He's like he's talking about writing a book, isn't he? There's like this is a lot of discussion about this book, this children's book that he's writing about dialectics. Oh yeah. Which is his his uh, chosen branch of history that he likes to teach. And um he almost like wants to spend time working on that book, but he just can't get it together to to work on it for any concerted period of time and he just ends up fucking up and using and it does yeah, purgatorial is the only uh, like word I think that actually describes that cycle of just being in Yeah, in this limbo land of like Yeah. He you know, oh, I'm, I'm working on it. It's coming together. <laughs> yeah, it's never coming together. Yeah, so just being stuck in a loop, just mm. being stuck in the insanity loop of like wanting, having these goals that he could eventually reach. Mm. <laughs> he just never does because he's stuck. Do you think someone watching this film who is an addict? Do you think it would be beneficial for them to see this film? I don't know. Neither do I. I was just thinking that now. I don't know if it would be a... I don't think it paints a bad... I don't think it paints a bad, like, horror story picture. It's a sad story. It's a sad story. It's not a horror story, is it? It's not like Requiem... You haven't seen Requiem for Dream. I haven't seen Requiem for Dream. Fuck me. Listeners, I know if you've seen Requiem for Dream, you know what I'm talking about. But my word, that is a grim film. Having said that, I saw Requiem for Dream and this film at around exactly the same time. And I still ended up a drug addict, so... Nothing was really dissuading me. But Reckon for a Dream is a fucking brutal film. But if you're an addict, I don't think anything is going to dissuade you from using a part I don't think so, no. I don't think so. I think films like this, for me anyway, I was like, I want to be like him. Yeah. Which is t- sick. Are there any films out there, though, that you'd be like, oh, that would inspire me into recovery? Um, two potential candidates. Go on. Is it Beautiful Boy? Yeah, that did not inspire me. I was already in recovery when I saw that, but I was I I found that the there wasn't a great deal of hope at the end of that. Uh, again, actually, again, sorry, you know, I'm lying again. For some reason, I was like, oh, that kind of looks 
kind of looks all right, you know? Mm. Like, just going off, getting high, being an arsehole, not giving a shit. Mm. For some reason, I was like, mm, that doesn't look too bad. Yeah. Something inspiring, controversial film, of Sound of Metal. Oh, the the, the film Res- about the drummer that loses his yeah. hearing. Yeah, yeah. With um, Reese 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 on it. Yeah. Yeah. There's something quite inspiring about that. Really? Uh, when I was... Recoveries-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, there is a topic of addiction in it. Okay. And uh, have you not seen it? I've not seen it, no. Okay. No we'll watch it together. Okay. That'll be another one we can dive yeah. into. We'll do Raccoon for a Dream at some point. Oh, I don't know if I can watch it again. Okay. Basketball <laughs> Diaries. I don't know if I watch that again. Fuck me. Okay. We won't watch any. Euphoria. Euphoria. <laughs> we need to watch Euphoria. We sound of watch Euphoria with me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Sound of Metal. I, I felt proud to be uh, in recovery. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. That is cool. I think I. I don't think I can't think of any films that have been like recovery. I think a really great book on recovery is Anthony Kiedis's autobiography, Scar Tissue. Have you ever read that? Uh, no. Yeah, I've heard of it. I. It's a great book. I mean, he's twelve step, but. Okay. I read it when I was a kid and it really it really helped me with, weirdly with my eating disorder when I was a kid. Scar tissue. Yeah, really, really good. It's a really good read. Who's that again? Kiedis, lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ah. Um, I mean, he's been sober now for a long, long time, but he wasn't. He hadn't been sober for that long a time, I think, when the book came out, maybe like seven or eight years. Okay, I've heard. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it's a good one. It's a really good book. I mean, if you can get past his 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 own biases and arrogance, it's a really good read. But then the best book I ever read, and it was a book by a guy called Bill, I think Bill Clegg, called 90 Days. Have I told you about this book before? No. It's a book I read, the first ever book I read, I think, properly uh, gave me an insight into meetings and, and recovery. And he doesn't mention what he's in, but I think he's in NA. Um, but it's a basically, it's a true, it's his, a memoir. So he's got two memoirs. He's got a memoir called Portrait of an Addict as a Young Man which depicts his crack addiction. In the, he was a publisher, very successful publisher, portrays his crack addiction in New York City. And then 90 Days is a book about his him trying to get 90 Days Clean. Okay. So the whole 90 meetings. So he's doing 90 meetings in 90 days. And it's just a book about him come out of treatment back in New York, gets 30 days relapses, gets 60 days relapses, gets a he eventually gets to 90 days and he's been, he's been sober now for a very long time. Again, like maybe 10, 15 years or something. Yeah. I, I found it, it was the most, I think I've ever emotionally invested in, like it made me understand a lot about the process of recovery. So I got an idea of how it worked. Like I got an idea of how meetings work. I got an idea of how identification works. I got an idea of how it's fun. He's not like, he's not preachy about it. He just kind of talks about his experience of it in a really beautiful way because he's a really beautiful writer. He he talks about his relationship with two individuals in the program in his first 90 days or in, in that period where he's trying to get to his first 90 days. And um, he talks about his relationship with this this younger woman and his relationship with this this guy. It's just beautiful, man. Particularly his relationship with the younger woman is, is really beautiful because um, hmm. they form a really close bond together. Because he's like they like he takes a really paternal. He's he's a he's a gay man, and he takes this really kind of almost like older brother paternal attitude towards her, and she keeps relapsing, keeps relapsing. It's really yeah, it's really harrowing, but like a really beautiful read, and it made me think 
I could do recovery. I get how it works. And I think it could like, it, it made me think you could have a joyful life from that. Okay. We can put a link to that in yeah. the description. I might buy it for you so you can read it. Ah. It's not a long book. No. No, and I'd be keen to like be keen to hear what you thought of it. Hear my thoughts. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll um I'll I'll accept that as a gift. Nice. <laughs> so uh, well kind of brings us to a nice kind of finale. Mm. Uh so if you haven't watched Half Nelson and for some reason didn't feel inspired by us demanding that you go and watch it. Go and fucking watch it. Go fucking watch go it. Fucking Even though we've it. just told you. But You're not fact, doing anything that important. Go watch it now. Yeah. And it, and if you feel like we've spoiled anything, we haven't really. Like, probably won't remember. It's not really like a film you can spoil, is it? It's not like a spoiler film. No. It's not like there's a mad twist at the end. No. I'm spoiling. It just kind of happens. Yeah. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoyed <laughs> this episode. And if you've uh, watched Half Nelson I don't know and you had some thoughts write us an email or us drop, think. drop us a message on the platforms that no no one's following give us a follow on Instagram yeah follow us on Instagram yeah tweet us about uh, Half Nelson review you know someone might tweet back or just email us you know yeah, just fucking email us do something yeah just fucking do something I don't know who's hello do something is anyone out there hello <laughs> Do something. Anyway, yeah, so, well, we'll see how this goes. We might carry on this little film stuff. Well, it's quite a mellow episode. Yeah. I haven't gone into our trauma, a bit of diving in. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it turns out. Anyway, soon it would be great to get, we'd like to get a friend of ours on. Who? Valentina. To do like a nice episode on creativity within in and out of addiction maybe yeah. or just talking about the benefits of it on just artistic yeah because uh, she's bloody creative isn't she by all accounts they are yeah yes incredible poet mm. and also incredible illustrator as well nice anyways so we'll um, we'll get them on we'll get them on and uh, yeah and I'd like to do some grief stuff as well yeah get Get lids on. Get lids on. I'm get desperate to get lids on podcast. Get get a charity on as well. Yeah, I know a charity. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna say the charity that are interested in coming on, and if mm. they don't do it, yeah, you know. No, I say it. will shame them into it. That's what we want to do. Shame our guests into coming on to the podcast. Okay, I'll just say what I'd like, and if they follow up on that, then fantastic and well done. And if you don't, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mean that. I fucking did. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Come on the podcast. I would love to get Let's Talk About Loss on the podcast. Nice. Uh, because I think they've been very beneficial to Lids and her experience of grief and loss. Mm. So it'd be nice to get Lady of My Life at this moment in time. The lady of My Life at this moment in time. Okay, good. That's what we're going with. Yeah. I just say weird shit. Go on to talk about her experiences and then get a charity that's hoping to connect those people with those experiences. Anyway, we'll leave it there. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. This has been the Probably Honest podcast. Look after yourselves. Take care. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.